0: Tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck.
1: My name is Oliver
0: Queen. My name is Barry Allen. You're blind, but you see so much. Everything we've been doing, it all needs here. Suit up.
1: Jim Gordon, GCPD. I hear good things about you, Counselor. Harvey
0: Dent, likewise, about you, Detective. You think you know me. But I've never been more than what each of you has created. <laughs> Just look at the flowers.
1: And another week of Televised Rooks is here for you to listen to. Daniel, how are you doing this weekend?
0: I'm doing pretty well. How about yourself?
1: Uh, you know, uh, I got to see Doctor Strange a couple of times, so I'm happy. <laughs> Define a couple of times. Uh, so far, I've only seen it twice. But uh, you know, the d- the day is young. I might go see it again. <laughs>
0: Damn. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but uh, I still haven't seen it yet. Oh, you haven't? No, I will be seeing it shortly, though.
1: Okay, good. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, we 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 do have uh, shows to get through today, so let's go ahead and um, talk about those if you're ready. I'm ready. All right. So first off is Gotham. And uh, we're definitely seeing a very distraught Penguin over the fact that, uh, uh, you know, Riddler has his own new girlfriend to,
0: to be with. God, what what a conniving little bastard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so,
1: yeah, Penguin goes behind Nigma's back and basically tries to... Uh, sabotage the relationship before it even gets going by telling this uh, new girl, Isabel or is it Isabella? I think it's Isabella. Isabella that uh, Nigma was recently in Arkham Asylum for killing his uh, previous girlfriend who happens to look a lot
0: like her. <laughs> and, you know, it comes to surprise, um, enigma went ahead and confessed this to her and she was okay with it she was because uh apparently they're
1: really really in love and you know she can look past all that and this is all i could think about this was this is why this is why you have like ladies that write into death row inmates and be like i understand you better than anybody else and i love you even though they killed 20 people
0: like uh Charles Manson's current girlfriend.
1: Exactly. This this <laughs> is exactly why these things happen. And and I know you can sit there and be like, well, the reason we like it is because it's Riddler and, you know, it's a TV show and we like it that way, but this just perpetuates the that scenario and is, it tells people that it's okay to love these death row inmates that aren't having that don't have any remorse for what they've done.
0: Yeah. So, do you, I mean, do you honestly think that she's okay with this? Or do you think she has something up her sleeve?
1: Oh, she has something up her sleeve. There's there's definitely something else going on. She's like probably like the twin sister of Chris Kringle or something like that. I was about to say that. <laughs> the way that this show goes, it will probably be that. And uh, she's she wants the revenge for, you know, killing her sister. That could work. That'd be awesome. That's definitely a thing. <laughs> uh, so, everybody... Pretty much figured out. Figures out that uh, Gordon said the wrong girl's name on purpose. <laughs> Valerie Newt knows it, and uh, Leslie knows it, and and he's trying to n- deny it. But uh, yeah, everybody's like, "Yeah, you said my name because you didn't want him to shoot me. You knew that he would shoot whoever's name you didn't say or whatever." Uh, yeah, so it, it's it. Gordon, you're not as conniving as you thought you were, <laughs> or as slick as
0: you thought you were. I was going to say slick. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And now Valor's like, I don't want to see you ever again. Get out of my life.
1: (laughs) And, of course, uh, Leslie's uh, fiancé, Mario, uh, is very upset with it. What do you mean he still has feelings for you?
0: Come on. That's to be expected. Holy shit. How (laughs) stupid can someone be? Pretty stupid and still be a doctor, apparently. Yep. Um uh, I mean the pretty I guess like the biggest part of this episode was that uh fucking Gordon went on an intense hallucination.
1: That is true and we got to see a lot of uh Gordon's dad in this hallucination and what that meant you know, growing up as a Gordon
0: or Yeah. yeah. Which is actually pretty interesting because I don't think the comics have ever, you know, given much detail about Gordon's past except for, you know, in year one.
1: Yeah, you know, you don't get a lot of Gordon's past. I think uh, when you have that like the storyline when uh, James Gordon Jr. kind of goes starts going crazy, you get a little bit more of his history. But uh, other than that, yeah, there's not a lot out there for Gordon's past.
0: So this is actually pretty cool. I really liked it, you know, just to get a different, I guess, maybe like a little origin for Jim Gordon.
1: Yeah, we we uh, we got to see him in his military days, you know, in a foxhole. And it just happens to be with Penguin, though. I mean, that was yeah. kind of weird. Uh, and then, you know, uh, the idea that they have this creed this gordon creed that they passed down uh it's on its is on the ring is it's like something about to to serve the people or to to protect the people or something like that
0: which was actually pretty cool to see as well
1: right oh. and uh, how creepy was oh go ahead oh well i was just going to jump to the to the end of that is that we because uh, in the hallucination, he tells Gordon or James Gordon to go look for his his ring, his family ring, and then uh, you know they make a big point of showing you the ring and the ring insignia and the Latin and stuff. And then uh, at the very end of the episode, we see the lady who's in charge of uh, the court of owls talking to her boss at the court of owls, and
0: he's wearing a Gordon ring. So I just picked it up. He also sounded like, um, you know, Gordon's dad. So I'm assuming that is the leader of the Court of Owls.
1: Right. And I'm guessing it's probably going to be, like, his uncle or something.
0: Yeah, that could be it. But that was actually pretty interesting to see that show. I was like, what?
1: (laughs) You know, which is fine with me. That's what I thought this show should always be about. It should focus more on Gordon and his, uh, you know, rise through the – GCPD instead of more of all this backstory with uh, young Bruce. Um, right. What did what were you about to say was super
0: creepy? Oh, um, seeing Bruce in the hallucination—he's wearing that Gordon mask.
1: <laughs> yeah, that yeah, that was that was uh, weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I, d- I thought I it was a very I... good episode to for that aired on uh, Halloween. It was very trippy, very spooky. Uh, especially since you, they don't have a scarecrow to play with. I mean, since the first season we had what, uh, the,
0: the son, the son, or we had a young Jonathan crane,
1: right, right. A young Jonathan crane. And then the older, his father and stuff, but uh, we haven't seen them since since season one.
0: No. And, um, you know, since you did say that all the shows should be mainly Gordon rising up through the ranks, um, I think they're going to need a new commissioner pretty soon.
1: Yeah, uh, uh, what's-his-face, the Hatter obviously saw that Commissioner Barnes is being affected by Alice's blood, and he picked up on it really quick, uh, real quickly, um, so whatever whatever it is that's going to happen with him is going to turn out to be interesting soon,
0: too, and, you know, He, he had a suicide note right before uh, Gordon walked in. Really? I, I must have missed that. Yeah, yeah, it was a suicide note. You could read a little bit of it.
1: Interesting. So, yeah, instead of becoming the monster that he thinks he's going to become, he'd rather kill himself. But uh, Gordon was just kind of... basically there to, to ask for his job back.
0: Right? Yep. Yeah, which, um, sorry, I was taking a drink. Um, <laughs> which, you know, plays with the whole hallucination that, he, you know, he had about his dad. Mm-hmm. So, it's actually, I don't know, do you think he's still going to be a dirty, you know, or do you think he's going to actually try to clean up his game?
1: Uh, I assume he'll probably try, he'll, he'll clean up his game, but you know the, the his dad still told him that you know mm. when he what he does to get the job done is is still getting the job done.
0: True, and but you, you but also Barnes to, won't agree with that.
1: <laughs> yeah, Barnes won't agree with that. But as you said, Barnes that might not be around for much longer.
0: <laughs> True.
1: Um, I was thinking that it's interesting that because you know obviously it's a hallucination; it's not him actually talking to the spirit of his dad or anything like that, so it's really him uh, him influencing what his dad says, so it's still what it is that he wants to, to be told. You know what I mean? You understand what I'm saying?
0: Right. Yeah. Even um, Barbara said something like that, too, like, oh, the people that come to you, you know, hallucinations, they're figming your imagination, but they're all trying to tell you something, you know, boom, so yeah. you can get it out, or make Understanding of it.
1: Yeah, your subconscious, basically, you know, talking to you. Just through, with, yep. with other people's faces. So, yeah, and that was very interesting. The whole conversations that he had with Barbara. Seeing as how, you know, it's her, his ex and she's crazy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yet, that's who he envisions well, running
1: his subconscious.
0: Yeah, but she did threaten him at some point, too.
1: Yeah, very true. Uh, what do you think about... And since they do have a little bit of Bruce's story, what do you think about Bruce and Selena and his dinner that he made her? You're late. God, <laughs> that was so stupid. That whole, I, think that, I feel like that whole exchange was just so cringeworthy.
0: Yeah, it felt so forced. They're like, come on, these are pre-teens, and you're making them have an adult relationship? What the hell's going on here? Yeah,
1: it, just, it was bad. I was just like, this... They won. He shouldn't have been making a dinner. He they should have met like at the mall or something and had uh you know had some pizza or something. But I obviously he's he's Bruce Wayne, so he's got to be different and regal and all kinds of bull.
0: Or Alfred could made the dinner. Yeah,
1: or Al- I mean, I get why he he did it so that Alfred didn't make the dinner because she always gives him crap about being a, a rich boy, and he wants to show her that he can he can do things. He doesn't need people to do things for him all the time. True. Uh anything else about Gotham? Anything in particular that you wanted to go over? No. No? Okay. Uh then we can move on over to Supergirl. And uh this episode is entitled survivors so we got to see a little bit more of Monel and where his uh where he came from and his backstory you also got to see uh, a lot of what had to do with uh, Miss Martian and 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 Martian Manhunter, and then you know uh, Roulette and the whole Fight Club or dog or meta fighting or whatever you want to call it, alien fights that they were they were running running.
0: That was actually pretty cool.
1: <laughs> yeah, the fights that they had going on were, were pretty good, and then they yeah they really choreographed them well, uh, which was great if you were a Kryptonian and you had to go up against that giant dude with the, you know, an ax and stuff like that, would you really just run in with a punch?
0: Why not just hit her, hit him with the freeze breath or the or heat vision? Yeah, that's a good point. I would probably be crying a little bit in the corner before, you know, acting up, but running into, uh, you know, with a punch. That was terrible. (laughs) I mean, it just doesn't seem like the smartest move to do. And of
1: course, you know, um uh, mon had to give her the pointers on how to take him down it's interesting yeah. it's interesting that his powers his powers aren't the same as her powers like they said he has super strength and he has uh he has he can't uh, fly he can jump right he can't fly but he can jump and there's no late there's no heat vision no freeze breath i don't remember what they said about speed but didn't he already run away once in the last episode yeah,
0: yeah. he ran away once when he escaped the lab. So he has super speed.
1: Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, but I do think it's interesting. I mean, uh, technically they are from two different planets, but you would think that since they share the same sun, the effects of our sun on them would be the same.
0: I guess not. They just want to keep it a little bit different. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Fair enough. Uh, were you excited when, when got the opportunity or like, he was like, Hey, you could design
0: me a suit. (laughs) God, that was so cheesy, but (laughs) it worked with the whole like, Hey, design me a suit. Hey, you know, while you design me a suit, we should go outside. Come on. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And then he got to go to parties and drink and apparently a frat party. I don't know why, why would win take him to a frat party? I have
0: no idea. <laughs> maybe, maybe he just wanted to feel young again. Since you know he's a nerd, <laughs> he didn't get invited to
1: any frat parties. Then he figured he's got a he's got a, a frat dude with him that he might want to do that. I mean, uh, Kara kind of equates uh, all of Daxum to just a bunch of frat boys, anyways. So, yeah, she does. So I guess he felt maybe that's where he'd f- he'd fit in. And obviously, you know the. When you see the part where he's trying to get away from Daxam and he first tells the the royal guy, the prince, that he was going to set, you know, he says that uh, he's going to set the coordinates for him. And stuff so, like. the guys seem, they don't seem like they're actual jerks. Frat boys. Yeah, frat boys. But that's obviously uh, Kara's, uh, you know, bias, prejudice.
0: Yeah. I'm sorry. Can you give me a second. Somebody's out the door. Yeah. So but yeah, uh with the whole frat boy image that um Kara has, that's just the way that she was taught to, you know, perceive them.
1: Yeah, even the computer hologram of her mother starts going off from the fact that Daxam is full of uh, debaucherous people and you know <laughs> that they're not any good. Uh yeah,
0: Mom, Mom, okay, bye mom, bye. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh and then speaking of which, we kinda have the same kind of attitude towards white Martians that we see uh Jean display uh and then obviously they had some type of a big intergalactic war between the white martians and the the green martians and to the point where uh Miss Martian or Morgan tells a story about how she was in a internment camp and they were killing off green martians and a white Martian came over and you know broke rank and helped her escape and got her to earth 300 years ago but I knew- what we saw at the end of the episode is that she actually is the White Martian, just like in true uh, Miss Martian-McGann uh, comic book history.
0: Yep. Uh, I just got to complain a little bit. I thought she looked a lot like Kilowog. <laughs> uh,
1: you know, that's uh, interesting. I didn't. I didn't think about that. Actually, it, like to- watching the episode of The Flash this week, she kind of looks like the giant... Monster that was walking around in the in uh, Central City.
0: That's true too. <laughs> <laughs> How did you feel about the Flash episode? How did I? Are we skipping over to the Flash? Oh, oh um, do we saw things to talk about on Supergirl? <laughs> no, nah, not
1: really. I just want to say, you know, Roulette uh, in in the comic books when she was introduced, same storyline. She had uh, she basically had Metas or heroes fighting each other for uh, for sport like that and then um she is the daughter of the original Mr. Terrific from the JSA. Uh and also is interesting that um what is her name? Lena Luther this is the one that got Car yeah. the got Kara the ex- or the invite and stuff. In- invitation In- invitation. Uh and then she I mean she obviously said and you'll help me out later, which you gotta wonder what that means. Uh, Oh, come on. It's obvious. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know. Like the idea that to try and keep her as a good person instead of just turning her bad, you know, might still be out there. Um, And then how did you feel about when Alex saw Maggie kissing her girlfriend? Do you feel that that was uh, jealousy for... Uh, her not she like they're they're not gonna become a couple, or is it more jealousy that oh you have a girlfriend now we can't be best friends kind of thing, or is it more envious because she has a girlfriend and Alex doesn't have anybody in her life?
0: Um, I think it was definitely the whole like oh shit you have somebody else huh? okay she looked kind of down too afterwards she's like well fuck I have nobody of my own
1: yeah see I. I know a lot of people want them to be a couple and stuff, but I just, not that I have anything against, you know, uh, same sex couples or anything like that. I just think that it'd be interesting for, instead of there to be love triangles, just to be like, Hey, I want a best friend kind of thing. Someone that I can talk to. That's not Kara. Yeah. So, uh, interesting. We'll, we'll see where that develops more. Obviously that's going to be a big story point this season for some reason. Uh, heading over to flash then in flash uh yeah there's a (laughs) giant monster terrorizing the city and i have to say right from the beginning i was like this is a hologram because a lot of the destruction that was happening when the monster was being seen was people either crashing into each other or crashing into other things none of the destruction was really happening because of the monster and then when he turns the corner and the monster's not there i was like oh yeah it's definitely got to be some type of hologram and that's what it ended up being
0: yeah, well, big surprise there. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: I have to say, every time I hear Tom Felton talk, and he has he d- the disgust in his voice, all I could hear is, "What is it, Potter?" <laughs> <laughs> yep, same here. <laughs> I just wanted like him to say the same thing as like Alan whenever he talks to him. But <laughs> it was interesting that you know Barry instead of just focusing on. Uh, his anger towards him, his hate towards him—that he tried to work it out, and uh, eventually, in the end, he—you know—he got it so that he was—he he, the—the—I uh, don't even remember what Tom Felton's name is at the moment, but he got him to like him, Julian. Julian, that's right, because I keep wanting to call him Julian Assange.
0: Yeah. So, um, okay, and in the end, he obviously won him over. Do you think? Um, You know they're setting it up for something else like he's secretly a bad guy maybe not Dr. Alchemy but is a bad guy?
1: Uh, I don't know. I mean they could set him up to be a bad guy. Obviously I don't think I've seen anything about Tom Felton becoming a regular on the show but I just don't. I think that that's kind of a played out thing to introduce a new bystander character and then all of a sudden there's a new villain so the two of them must be the
0: same. Alright, then do you think at the end of the season, you know, Flashpoint will be corrected and Tom Felton will just go bye bye? Uh
1: I think that's a possibility that could happen. Um uh it could be that Tom
0: Felton's character just ends up getting killed. No. Which <laughs> so I could see it coming too. With what? Oh, I said I could see that coming uh oh, yeah, yeah. happening too. Yeah.
1: Uh yeah. So um yeah, there was it was his motives for not liking metas I thought was kind of weird. Basically, he's just upset that he never got powers. Sounds familiar. Stupid Wally. <laughs> Stupid Wally. <laughs> <laughs> but like he's like he's like, you know, I've studied my, the hardest I could. I became the top of my field and then everybody ended up getting powers and now I have to learn all new sciences and 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 the worst of all, I didn't get any powers, so this just sucks, you know. <laughs> And then all of a sudden, now he hates the world. Yep, that was weird.
0: Uh, for the yeah, abs- I thought it was a lame excuse.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's it's a little lame, but it's better than the, them like writing in, "Oh well, Meta killed my mom" or "Meta killed my dad" kind of thing, or "Meta killed my girlfriend." So like I have Spivit? to get give- huh, like Spivit, like Spivit. Yeah, that's why. Like when he said that, he even was like, "If you were expecting a big story about why you know uh, my parents got killed by a thing," I was like, "Oh." Yeah, like spivet's storyline. So yeah, I guess that's it's a good thing that they didn't do that. I, I I'm I'm kind of happy with them, even though it's kind it's kind of a lame weak weak one. But it's still better than just retry, rehashing other stories.
0: Yeah, and then you know you were right. Fucking HR wasn't bad at all. <laughs> that is
1: funny that they, they they kept making fun of the fact that he says just call me HR. <laughs> uh and cringe I, every so time. i have to i have to say they kind of turned him into steve jobs then right like yeah he just comes up with the ideas and then he puts it into other people's hands to uh figure it out and he's like that's 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 half the thing i come up with the idea you know i could think outside the box and come up with the idea i just can't implement anything
0: yep and then they call him a con artist basically do you think that uh, he'll work out and they'll keep him around? I don't know. I think it's probably just gonna be a season thing. I think after that they're like, "All right, you done? You know, a lot of help here. Time to go back to your earth."
1: Do you think that uh, they'll they'll get a whole new uh, Wells, or do you think we'll just get Harry back?
0: I think we need Harry back.
1: I think. I mean, I think that's the best choice, uh, just to get Harry back because it's a character that we already we already know. Uh, but if, if they want to do this every season or every half season where we get a new Wells, I am down for that too. Just to see Tom Cavanaugh have to act different over and over and over again.
0: And see the uh, cowboy Wells again.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I would love it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah. Anything else you want to talk about this episode? I don't think we got any, Uh, any special things with his powers or anything, right?
0: Caitlin, uh just um her mom was like, Oh, the more you use your powers, the more the more effects it's gonna have on you. Yeah. So but And she froze a computer at the end. Which I would think
1: that like everybody else is gonna come in and be like, How come this computer is frozen? What I don't understand what happened here and then she'd have to tell them. Which I am already upset with the fact that they don't she doesn't just come out and tell them. Like this is the storyline we already had with Cisco last season. So Yep. Why not just tell the people that are closest to you Your friends But we, we, we did end up getting this whole story with her mom Who apparently You know is a scientist that focuses On uh, Thermodynamics fucking cold And shit like that so uh, That's convenient <laughs> I guess <laughs> uh, Why is it that her powers manifesting Ends up making her evil though 'Cause that's the way her she looked at the very end when she was her powers were freezing that computer, she looked angry and like evilish.
0: I don't know. That's what that makes sense to me either. Maybe she has another personality trying to take over, kinda like uh Magenta.
1: Maybe. So I mean that would put more credence into your uh theory of the fact that alchemy brought out the killer frost in her.
0: Yeah. And the whole Fucking, I guess she was married at, uh, to Ronnie at one point and He ended up dying.
1: Yeah, well, that happened in the yeah.
0: in the in the show already. Oh, that's true. I just thought he, you know, he was taken sucked up to another Earth.
1: Oh, well, see, that's what I say, but she says, you know, that they uh, that she thinks that they, that he died. So, all intents and purposes, he's dead. All right. <laughs> Uh all right so then Arrow Arrow I thought was a great another great episode um so I think with this yeah. with Tobias Church I think what they ended up doing is because of in the first season they used uh the name Brick already when they brought in Vinnie Jones's character they wanted to bring in a more a closer version to the one that's in the comic books, and they made, they created this Tobias Church character because the way he acts and the way he portrays himself is very much the same as Brick in the comic books.
0: Okay, so
1: I thought that All was right. interesting. Um, once again, uh, though, the 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 I guess the plan is to to go and get uh, Wild Dog back.
0: Yeah, I'm surprised that they actually, you know, did a rescue mission for him. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and he was getting beat up pretty bad, so... Uh... He got
0: tortured for 20 hours, man. <laughs> uh,
1: and then the one part that he ends up giving up is the one part that he probably shouldn't have. The fact that was Oliver that... Queen and Green Arrow are the same person.
0: Yep. He knows. What does he know?
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh what did you think about the fact that they brought in the human target, Christopher Chance?
0: Dude, that was I. I was just excited to see Nuke, you know, coming from Jessica Jones onto a DC show, oh my which was awesome. Goodness,
1: that's right. That is the same actor. I was like trying to picture where I know that actor from, and I didn't look it up. But yeah, you're right. That's Nuke, huh?
0: so So that's actually pretty cool man and then the backstory going all the way into russia and doing that sort of thing too that was pretty cool um it was a really good tie-in for the flashback i really liked it
1: yeah it was it was they they really did well with the the flashback this this episode did did you ever read any human comic human target comic books no did you watch the fox show that was on about four years ago four or five years ago so that's
0: what the show is about.
1: Yeah, there was a show called Human Target on Fox. It was based off the DC Vertigo character Christopher Chance, who uh, basically now they didn't do any mask stuff on that show, or uh, I don't know if he can take a shot and and survive, or if he was wearing like a bulletproof vest and and like with some blood squ- packets? yeah with blood packets. But uh, in that show, he basically just whenever someone is. Uh, being targeted for um whatever reason he uh basically becomes their bodyguard and then makes himself the target instead kind of thing
0: okay yeah no i never watched the show it was a good
1: show which i i i kind of wish that they would have had that actor come and portray the character in arrow uh which would have been cool but uh yeah he did this guy who plays nuke and jessica jones yeah he, he did a pretty good job too
0: yeah and holy shit i just can't get over that that that's how he knows him but you know kind of find out um i can't remember her uh her name but she gets a photograph at the end of the episode too and it's like oh by the way remember our boy ollie well yeah he wasn't on that island five years ago yeah five years ago when he was when in he was... russia
1: yeah exactly um that that uh, Yeah, Susan. Her name's Susan, the reporter. So, it's going to be interesting how that plays out, especially since she gave Oliver, who she thought was Oliver at the time, but, well, she gave Christopher <laughs> Chance, who she thought was Oliver at the time, uh, her personal number. Uh, do you think that they'll play that up more or no?
0: I obviously... Alright, so I guess the big thing is uh, we have Prometheus trying to take down the Green Arrow and then we have um, Susan trying to take down Oliver Queen. So he's gonna have to you know, be able to take care of himself both ways. His identity and, you know, his actual self.
1: Right, true. Uh, which made me think that you know, eventually at this point, at some point, they might end up just revealing that Oliver is Green Arrow, and even though he's the mayor, he's still the mayor Green Arrow, like they did in the comic book.
0: I was about to ask you, didn't they do that in the comics too? Yeah, yeah. We
1: kind of brought that up at when uh, the beginning of this season or the end of last season when when they announced that he was going to be the mayor. Uh, they yeah, and eventually in the comic book, they know that Oliver Queen is also Green Arrow, and they still elect him.
0: Wow, that's yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah,
1: so, uh, yeah, we got you know Wild Dog came back, and it was interesting to see John, you know, Diggle working with him and trying to get him to work past his uh, I don't know his uh, issues, his issues. Yeah, yeah I don't want to, I just says I didn't want to say PTSD, but yeah, his issues, and uh, hopefully this will make it so that he's better part of the team because you know that's the part that he really is bad with.
0: I think uh, that talk that Diggle gave to him uh, gave him will set him straight.
1: Yeah, I think I, I definitely think that you know he's going to have the the better chance of uh, being of working to, to, with everybody else after that talk. Uh, what did you think? Okay, big part. What did you think about John's new helmet, Spartan's new helmet?
0: Uh, I. I love that they made it obvious, too. He's like, hey, nice helmet, but it looks a lot better now.
1: It does. It definitely looks a lot better. And, yeah, they definitely hit. I I like that they threw in the line just to make sure that everybody knew this is a new helmet. It's not the same as the old helmet, Uh, which was terrible. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, Nice helmet.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Or what about uh, Felicity wearing the Oliver mask? You have failed this city. <laughs> that was hilarious. It was, I needed a, to see that. It was a good little funny part. Uh, but, uh, I was going to say, with the, the whole last thing about uh, Chance talking to Oliver, saying, you know, telling him that uh, Felicity has obviously moved on. You know, maybe you need to move on. And then Oliver having to confront Felicity about the fact that they're no longer a couple and that they've moved on. To me, I thought this was interesting because I was hope I'm hoping that this is the the writers and the showrunners' way of saying, "Look, we've heard you guys. They're not a good. They're not good as a couple. We're we're making it so that they're 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 not going to get back together. You guys, they they've split up. They're they're going to move on in, in different
0: directions." What do you think? I hope so. I'm sick and tired of this all this city thing happening. <laughs> I need to die. Me too. Yeah, I, I'm the
1: exact same way. So I. But I still think that her boyfriend's gonna end up being someone bad. He could be Prometheus. I really think he might be because you think about it. Uh, for, well, from the first episode of the season, we see Prometheus kill uh, one of the guys that's on the the special unit, whatever it's called. Uh, the ACU. Yeah, yeah, the yeah the ACU, the anti crime unit. No, anti. What's it called? That works. Anti-crime fighter unit something? I don't know. Anyways, yeah, he he kills that person. And then in this episode, he's like, someone, you know, there's an opening in that in, in that department. So I'm going to go take it kind of thing. And it's like, well, it, yeah, it's convenient, huh? That there's an opening.
0: <laughs> and then he's like, oh, I got the promotion. Yay. <laughs> but uh, the theory I read this morning, um, basically it was posted on comicbook.com. Um, they believe that Prometheus is actually Roy Harper, and it kind of goes back to the whole Flashpoint with Ali fucking up the timeline, and um, Roy never been being able to get out of that uh, Mirakuru uh, phase, so he stayed evil.
1: Ooh, that is interesting. Um, it definitely is a possibility. Uh, I don't. I don't see why it couldn't be. So that's that's interesting. I, I like that. Once I a, like it too. I dig w- it. Once again, it wouldn't be introducing the new character, the new bystander character, and he's also the bad guy. So it, it'd be interesting. Oh, which comes up uh, with the fact that when Tobias Church, the person that uh, he hired to protect him while and then also to kill Oliver Queen...
0: They never gave that guy a name, did they? No, he's like, oh, I saw you run with a bunch of weirdos, so I got my own weirdo,
1: which makes me wonder if that's supposed to be vigilante.
0: oh uh, so soon?
1: <laughs> I don't know. That that I thought it, it looks. It, it's very. It it almost. It looks like a version of his suit, basically the vigilante suit. So okay. I would wonder if that if that's true. That means he's the district attorney, and the district attorney is also a mercenary on the side, and he, he was okay with killing Oliver Queen, which would probably be okay with the district attorney because the district attorney would then try and run for mayor himself.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it I, could I did play out that way.
1: <laughs> I did definitely think it was interesting that they they never said his name. So uh, I think it that, that is the reason why. Because if I think. Obviously, the audience is getting more clever if they're not already a comic book reader uh, when they when a new character is introduced a bystander character uh, someone in the with their regular name they go and look it up on the internet and they say, "Oh, this Adrian chase guy you know he uh uh he's also supposed to be the vigilante so then when the when the guy in the suit shows up, you don't say vigilante because you don't want the, them to draw the conclusion between the two characters
0: yet okay." So the last thing I want to talk about, um kind of going off of your theory too, is um when Tobias was like, Hey, if you let me live, I'll let you know who Green Arrow is. How you know and he says, It's Oliver Queen. Are we cool? And he still gets killed. And then he just walks away saying, Yeah, we're cool. So I mean, do you think it's already somebody that knows that Ollie is Green Arrow?
1: I, I really did. I really do, and I was expecting him to say like, "Yeah, I already know that," and then kill him. But he didn't say that, so I'm interested in you know if it is someone that he that already knows that secret. I, I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna have to say that it is. It is someone that that knows a secret.
0: Okay, all right. It could play you know with uh, Billy Malone, you know, Felicity's boyfriend being Prometheus. Yeah,
1: that that I mean that could definitely happen and the fact that he knows now that Oliver Queen and Green Arrow if he didn't already know are the same person that would be uh pretty devastating. Now, how do you have to think about it with Tobias Church? Why would you give away the information already without like first let, letting him let you go or something like that? You know, why would you just be like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, this is the information that could keep me alive here. Here's the information." You know, kind of thing. Right? seems like very bad circumstances on his part. Now what do you think about yeah. the fact that Chad Coleman's
0: dead now? His character's dead. That makes me sad I was excited to see him more
1: <laughs> I'm hoping that maybe the arrow doesn't kill him and he's just kind of incapacitated uh, and we can see him more later on because I think he needs a a, a basically a Falcone to still be around and, and that he has
0: to deal with but uh, I don't know. I thought I thought he got a ninja star through through the neck. Oh, is that what it was? I think so.
1: Yeah. It's comic books, you don't know. He could still survive something it's like that
0: with the nasty scar.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, it was interesting that when he goes into that fight scene with Wild Dog and he has uh, he has his brass knuckles and he kind of bangs them together to go, to go do the fight.
0: That was pretty cool. <laughs> uh,
1: okay. Anything else you want to talk about? on that I no, I'm good. Cool. Um Legends of Tomorrow. What do you think about Legends. this episode? We had zombie Confederate
0: uh soldiers.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I want to say um you know, at some points it was actually uh pretty hard to watch.
1: Yeah, like I didn't I didn't uh... I thought it was weird that they would do such a extreme episode and then cut it with such a poignant, like, fucking message about the whole slavery and, you know, people being treated fairly and stuff like that. But then all of a sudden you throw in zombies. It's just like, I was like, you're going way too, you know, different directions. You should have done either all of one or all of the other, not both.
0: If they would have done just the zombies, this would have been a really fun Halloween episode.
1: And I think that's why they did it, the zombies, is because it was supposed to be a Halloween episode. I think if they would have just went with the whole slavery part of the the episode, it would have been... uh, Obviously, the tone would have not been as fun as as most episodes, but it still would have been better because it would have been focused. But, yeah, I mean, you have a whole part where... Like, literally, the part where Jackson is having this speech in the barn about, you know, people needing to be free and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden the very next thing you see is a zombie eating a dude's face. And so I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> you just kind of ruined the whole thing for yourself.
0: Yeah. It was, uh, I mean, it had a lot of uh, controversial, well, I guess that's like the only controversy it really had, but yeah, it should, I agree with you. It should have been one or the other, not both.
1: And then I think the other big thing about this episode is that they wanted to show how everybody, I don't know if they depend too much on each other or the fact that they needed to work better as individuals instead of as a, as a unit, which is usually the opposite as of what you want. We want to do with a team show. You want to show that they work better as a unit, but the whole idea, they split the three they split them up in three ways. They have, uh, you know, white canary and, um, Nate Haywood go off with the uh, Union Army and then Jackson and My- Amaya go over to uh, the plantation and then Stein and uh, uh, Palmer are having to take care of zombified Mick. So they all had their <laughs> own problems they had to deal with.
0: Yeah. Um, going to the whole zombie thing, don't you think that a, a genius shouldn't have an irrational fear of zombies?
1: I think that was, I, you know, I think it was an interesting characteristic to give to the guy who's the genius and knows everything. He should, I mean, just to give him a little quirk that's, yeah, I need uh, someone that's obviously uh, some kind of fear that doesn't make any sense.
0: Right. Okay.
1: Uh, don't you think that. When the they, they Rory, Mick Rory was locked inside of the, the, the med bay, that they, they, cause the two things, the thing they were worried about is like, we don't know if he's still in there or what's going on or what, like, couldn't you just be like, Gideon, is he still in there? Track, you know, track Rory's, uh, uh, whereabouts kind of thing. But they kind of just let that ball drop. Wow, you're, that's something I didn't even think about. <laughs> like, I get what they were doing. They were trying to play it up as a, you know, haunted house zombie kind of thing going on, and and you know you need the scare and stuff. But it's a very sophisticated computer system on this this uh, <laughs> time machine. You know, it, we, don't forget that we can still use it now. If you want to be like, oh, the computer went dormant or whatever, that would have been okay.
0: And they never explained that. I mean, they just said, oh, the power went out, probably because he took out like a fucking conduit. You no. Know. Yeah, but they were still talking That's to her. It
1: they were still talking to Gideon.
0: Oh, that's true.
1: That's <laughs> true. I don't even I don't know why then that. <laughs> uh so I mean, he obviously he he solves it, he figures out how to make an antidote for it. Luckily Palmer doesn't get killed, but at the end uh Mick gives uh Palmer the the freeze gun, Captain Cold's gun. What did you think about that? I thought that was kind of lame.
0: That's just, I mean, has, I don't feel like the relationship between the two has gone that, you know, that far to the point where he's like, hey, you know, I trust you. You're a really good friend of mine now. Here you go. You can become my partner in crime. You can be Captain cold now.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, exactly. Because, I mean, obviously he's thankful to him for saving him because he even said, hey, turn me, don't let me turn into a zombie kind of thing, you know. So, it was. It, he's probably glad that he's not a zombie anymore, but Mick isn't that kind of person. Plus, Palmer isn't Captain Cold. Like, they have two different skill sets.
0: Yeah, they do. And it could just be a temporary thing. Who knows?
1: I just want to see him working on a new suit. Not a Iron Man suit, but an actual new Ant Man or Aunt Adam soon. <laughs> he uh,
0: he probably doesn't have the supplies or the techno- Okay, he probably has the technology. He just <laughs> probably doesn't have the supplies on the ship. Yeah, that's
1: and that's the only thing that I can see stopping him is he doesn't have the supplies. However, could you not stop the time machine at a time when he could get the supplies? That's true. I mean, is 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 uh, Sarah that much of a dictator? She's like, no. We can't make side trips. We need to stay on this mission. We need to stay on here until we find out where the next anomaly is.
0: Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, well, I guess that's like the whole thing of this episode too. Ray broke down and was like, I don't know, man. I don't know what my purpose on this team is. And maybe Mick just gave him the gun to shut him up.
1: Okay. That's the best theory that I've heard then <laughs> about it. <He's> just like, <laughs> he just basically was like, look, here, shut up take this and I don't want to hear it anymore uh, that, that which I like
0: totally that. goes with this character
1: yeah exactly that does go with his character so that's why I like that Haywood uh, <laughs> fanboyed over General Lee or General Grant sorry and uh, I don't know he gave, gave Sarah a little bit of uh, advice on how to be a leader and I don't think
0: it was bad advice
1: no no it wasn't bad advice but so, like you know you're gonna have to send people to do things that you don't want them to do or you're you're not gonna be able to protect everybody but you have to get the job done so you know it is good advice
0: yeah and i mean i guess the other thing in this episode too was that in the beginning um jacks and stein were listening to the message that's true. We
1: still we got just a little bit more, but as soon as he said, "This is why you can't tell the rest of your team, or you can't tell anybody else," and then they cut it off, and you're like, "Ah, dang it! I want to know what he has to say."
0: <laughs> yeah, it uh, better not be something lame. It's gonna
1: be something lame. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> don't
0: uh, tell me that. <laughs> uh, I
1: don't think we. I don't think we met anybody else that has to do with. The DC characters, like we did in the last one with feudal Japan, we met the descendants or the ancestors of a uh, katana. So I don't think we met anybody in this episode.
0: Yeah, I don't think so either. Anything else that you want to talk about? Yeah.
1: No, it was a pretty straightforward episode. It's very like you said it was very cheesy and uh we didn't I don't I, I didn't get much out of it and like this I think it was definitely so far it's the the low episode of the season cuz all the other episodes have been pretty great
0: yeah they have okay
1: so then uh skipping over to Marvel we have Agents of Shield and we got to see the origins of Robbie Ray's Ghost Rider now I forgot to mention this last week when we were talking about the the last week's episode but uh downstairs when they when the two scientists find the dark hole in that basement there was a poster on the wall that said Quentin Circus now if you know your Ghost Rider history Quentin Circus is the one that is the circus that Johnny Blaze uh, uh was a stunt driver at and um when they find they, there's a there's a crate or a, a trunk in the basement that has a very familiar looking leather jacket on it so I think you're supposed to uh infer from that that they the dark hold was being kept underneath Johnny Blaze's house now that huh. directly ties into this week's episode because we find out that after uh, the Fifth Street locos or whatever the hell their names were uh, tried to kill Eli in his car but it it turns out to be uh, uh, Robbie and Gabe uh, Ghost Rider is the one that actually or Johnny Blaze is the one that pulled uh Gabe out of the car and then healed Robbie.
0: Yeah. I was just crazy hearing the story. is like, well you got this part right, but you know, this is what happened next.
1: Yeah, this is the other part of the story. And uh yeah So it's kinda like I, Robbie explains it as uh I made a deal with the devil. Now we have to wonder: Is it a metaphysical thing that, like, he left he he astral projected outside of his body, like you would learn in, in Doctor Strange, and he actually talked to a devil-like character, and then the devil-like character sent the Ghost Rider to uh, resurrect him, or did the Ghost Rider um, see Robbie Reyes dying, looked into his soul, and saw that he was a good guy, and fe- felt like, oh, you know. He shouldn't die. Let me give him part of my power to heal himself, and he just... and since Robbie saw a, a skull, a flaming skull in front of him, he just assumed that it was the devil. Ooh, I don't that's think a really we'll, good point. I don't think we'll get the answers because that's really in depth, and we don't need it. But I, I that, that's what I wonder.
0: I like uh, the second reason you gave. That you know he's a good guy. He doesn't deserve to die. You know, here's my powers. So he can heal.
1: Well, I, I like that one too, because that—I mean—that means that maybe uh, Johnny Blaze is still uh, the ghost writer. He's just not around, and uh, the fact that he can kind of split his power off like that.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it would—it um, would make sense too, since uh, Gabe, you know, reaching out to Robbie the whole time, just telling him to stop, was the one thing that actually got him to get out of berserk mode and calm down and stop beating on on you know the new director
1: true now I thought this was an interesting part in that that particular scene when he is beating on the the director uh, we have they're not shy about showing blood on this show but he's sitting there pounding on the director's face and he's not bleeding he's not bruising nothing you know he I mean, he obviously is is knocked out but do you think that's, like, part of his powers? Does he have tough skin
0: and vulnerability? Um, didn't they say that uh, he has super strength? So wouldn't that tie in with the whole super strength, not being able to bruise easily?
1: Uh, I mean, there are
0: pictures. I mean,
1: there are drawings of Superman that with, you know, bruises, and obviously he got he got killed by Doomsday, but he's pretty invulnerable True. and has super strength. I just think that it was interesting. I mean, because this is Ghost Rider. He's, he, he's a... He's supernatural. His powers aren't uh, based on regular physics. So when he busts out of the containment cube, because they're expecting him to be an inhuman, and that containment cube, you know, negates their powers, uh, he's able to bust out, and, and he he's got to have a pretty good punch to, for being uh, half demon. So yeah, I just thought it was interesting that you, there's no real markings on on director mace's face
0: what do you think would have happened if he looked into uh you know mace's eyes do you think he would have killed him on the spot
1: i don't know that's interesting because i don't even know do we really does he really have a penance stare? i mean i know he kind of he does that's what he does to the ghost lady he kind of looks into her yeah but i think that was more of the same thing that he did to the other ghost in the in the prison he wrapped him around with the hellfire. Uh, with a chain and that just kind of burns him away. So to me, it was just more of, he was putting the hellfire into her and burning her soul out. Uh, I don't know Mm -hmm. if it was actually a pen and stare kind of thing.
0: Okay. I just, uh, I mean, I really want to know how evil or how, you know, the director will all come into play into all of this. So, especially with what happened last week. So that's why I was like, well, what if he looked into his soul?
1: Yeah, that's. I mean, that's what I want to know too. And it was. I mean, obviously, it's. Uh, especially with the beginning of the episode when he makes Simmons put a uh, bag over her head and says that she's going to a special meeting somewhere, and now Fitz has no idea where she's at, and he's kind of trying to. He's kind of freaking out about it. Yeah. So. Because that was kind of shady. <laughs> very shady. <laughs> uh,
0: and he's like, "Oh, if you can trust me, blah 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 blah."
1: Yeah, yeah. It was something about teams that trust each other. Yeah, and she's like, save it, you know. So <laughs> that was, that was pretty good. Um, do you... Th- so, I mean, obviously, Director Mace is very upset with you have one killer on your team and one fugitive on your team. You know, you, you need to uh, relinquish power over me and stuff. What do you think is going to happen to Daisy after this?
0: Oh, she's going to have to... She's gonna have to run away again.
1: You or think they're so? Kill her
0: off. Ooh, kill her off! Wow, that's
1: uh very interesting. Side note: Do you she... know do you know that Chloe Bennett who plays uh, uh Daisy is uh, is the girlfriend to the dude from The Walking Dead, the one that's the son of Deanna. What? Yeah, I found that out on Talking Dead last week. Oh wow! What's his name? Spencer. Yeah. I don't. I think so. Yeah. So, all right. That was an uh, interesting side note. But back to uh, uh, Daisy. Yeah. She. I don't know. I think. I think. I don't know. I think that they. They'd want to get the status quo back to the back so that she's part of the team again. Uh, they gave her. They obviously they gave her the bracers that look a lot more like the ones that she has in the comic book. But one of the things I, I know Joss Whedon's not very involved in this show all that much, but. Uh, one of the things about his shows is they don't ever really, they don't always follow the, the normal tropes that you, you know is going to come up. So she might end up staying outside of the team and, you know, maybe informing her own team kind of thing.
0: I, okay. I can, I can dig that. As
1: long as well, they don't give her oh a new shit, love interest. This
0: episode was awesome.
1: <laughs> they will, they will. <laughs> they definitely will. Uh, what what was something that you particularly liked about this? I mean, I liked this os- this episode, too, uh, and I liked that they showed the, an, an origin for him, but once again, the that actor that plays Gabriel, who was playing Chris on The Fear of the Walking Dead, I can't stand uh-huh. him. <laughs> he's always a dick? It's not just that he's always a dick, he's always whining, too.
0: <laughs> True. Uh, I mean, um, I the actor I-
1: apparently doesn't seem to be that much of a dick or a whiner, but... Yeah, I just his characters don't seem to be so great.
0: <laughs> now, you see like you said they probably did that on purpose. <laughs> uh what I really liked though was uh the whole beatdown of the helicarrier. and then um the other thing too is um all the origins about the book and you know just how Eli actually you know, was behind all of it. He wanted the book for himself at um, towards the end of it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And now he can create dark matter out of thin air.
1: Yeah. So that was another thing that basically we had a tie in with uh, agents, agent Carter, you know, uh, that dark matter that he creates. That's the stuff that was in the, the agent Carter this last season or season two, whenever that was. And, uh, I don't, and uh we saw the the effects of that and how it, you know how that was created and how it's gonna play off. So we're gonna wonder how that's gonna happen here. And uh yeah, you we gotta we're gonna wonder what's gonna happen with uh Eli and the dark matter that he's now creating.
0: Obviously we're gonna have that conflict where Robbie's gonna have to take him down.
1: Yeah. And uh that that should be interesting.
0: Yeah. Anything else? No. Uh,
1: all right. Uh, let's get on to The Walking Dead. So, I think we've heard a lot of people, or at least I've seen a lot of people, that have uh, basically stated they did not like this episode, especially coming off of the the Negan episode, the premiere episode. Me, personally? well, I liked it. Mm-hmm. I thought... At the begin, at first, I thought the 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 characters were all like all these characters in the kingdom, especially Ezekiel, was very cheesy. And then at the end, when he comes out and he's like, "I'm just playing a part. It, I'm an actor. It doesn't really make that. Them- I just kind of yeah. gave everybody something to to rally around." I was like, "Yes, this is awesome. The character is amazing." So yeah you know i i really so humble
0: yeah it was it's just a really great episode i mean i oh, uh, what i guess uh, my favorite thing is like uh the plan that the kingdom has for negan you know they're feeding all the pig fucking the walkers
1: <laughs> that was an interesting plan and when morgan is like what what what's going on here you're feeding the uh, walkers to these pigs yeah don't worry about it and then uh, Yeah, then we see them having to give their stuff over to Negan, or Negan's men, and then that one dude, Negan's one one guy, who's basically a dick, and then gets his ass handed to him, and then all of a sudden, uh, was it Ezekiel's like, this isn't our way, so he has to sit there and just
0: get punched over and over, and it's just like,
1: ah, this sucks.
0: <laughs> yep. And you know, but hey, Negan's your favorite character, so I bet you loved all of that. Negan is not my favorite character. Did
1: I say that last week? <laughs> no. Okay. I'm just you oh, shit. you're 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 being facetious. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. Negan is not my favorite character. So, uh, yeah, the whole idea of his his men, you know, being assholes and stuff, uh, just puts more of a tint on it for me. Uh, there was something uh, something else about that, but uh, I didn't. I didn't uh I I I don't know what the effects of the tainted meat basically is going to be on uh Negan's men. What do you think? Do, do, do would have you seen this happen in the comic books before this point? Like do people get sick? Obviously we the people of Terminus that were eating uh people.
0: Yeah, um I just started uh the comp DM number 3 uh which covers um basically um, the story arc with Negan and then all out war and starts into the whispers war. Um, so, so far I have no idea what's going on with the pigs. I don't know if that plays into the comics or not. Hmm, interesting. Uh,
1: yeah. Uh, I mean, I know we ended up getting rid of, uh, uh, we ended up getting rid of the pigs on the, on the prison that had, uh, Got gotten sick, you know, when everybody was getting sick inside the prison from basically swine flu. But uh, I don't know how tainted meat is gonna is gonna affect them.
0: I I don't know either because maybe they're using every little part of the pig. So you know, maybe some people are uh do like eating you know pig liver and pig stomach. So like, oh, if they're sick, you know, they'll ingest that and they'll get them sick, sick themselves.
1: You know, I have also have to wonder, um, they when they came and picked up the the pigs this week, They I don't know, it was probably about five or six pigs, right? Uh, yeah. And then next week he says, uh, next week is produce. So, produce kind of thing, produce. you know, yeah. Uh, I have to wonder, like, how often they come up and pick up pigs, because they can't, if you pick up pigs, like, once a month, they they can't sustain that rate they're obviously going to start running out of pigs
0: so they're going to have to start offering more produce
1: uh i mean i just i really just wonder what how the bargain works out like what is the bargain that Ezekiel made with with negan obviously it's probably of the it's the a lot of the we get half of your shit every week kind of thing just like last time
0: well i mean he said if you guys don't produce you know I, we're going to have to take out him next week yeah uh-huh. so obviously if you don't give us enough food or supplies we kill one of your men
1: yeah but i mean how does it work out like cuz like with with pigs and and vegetables and stuff like that you have to have time for you have to have time for the pigs to uh mate and have children and then those kids those pigs get big and fat and then you can you can eat one and then vegetables need time to grow so if you just keep taking half every month there's not gonna you're not gonna have a time to restock basically
0: i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i know you don't know that's i'm just wondering yeah, that's actually a good point. Um, that's something for the TV show characters to worry about, and not us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Look, Negan. I'm just saying, it's not a sustainable model. You know, you're not going to be able to live off this. And is uh, if you if you don't if it doesn't work out,
0: he'll just go on a rampage and kill everybody, just <laughs> like the governor did. Oh yeah, he lost his shit.
1: Yeah, that could probably happen too. So, uh. What else did we find out? Morgan taking on a young student, a young
0: Padawan, if you will. Uh, how'd you feel about that? Uh, he's gonna get killed, and then uh, <laughs> Morgan's gonna blame himself.
1: Just straight up, he's gonna get
0: killed. <laughs> Cause I mean, he okay. He's obviously a bookworm, so that's all he does. He's more of a intellectual kind of person that just reads everything. Um, they train him with guns. They train him with. Um, machetes and other kind of you know hand-to-hand combat stuff and he's not good at it so if he's not good at the bow staff what's he gonna do he's gonna end up dying he's Mm. gonna get killed fair enough you're right
1: that's true uh what'd you think of carol in this episode i i'm not i'm i didn't i thought it was interesting that she ended up trying to do the whole sally homemaker disguise again
0: that's the only way she knows how to get around
1: okay I mean, I don't know, I, it seems like in the last few seasons she's become more resourceful. Uh, True. Obviously, and we did she, she, pulled it, she pulled it off in Alexandria so that they wouldn't know that she was actually a lot more brutal than she needs to be, which then again works in this scenario too, but uh, I would have liked to seen her try something different.
0: I know, but what could we have seen?
1: Well, that's a problem for the writers to have to figure out, not for me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what'd you think about the fact that she was seeing all humans whenever zombies were getting killed?
0: That was actually uh pretty cool to see, you know, them transfer, transform back briefly before they got killed. But, it de- um, it definitely plays, I don't into- know.
1: I obvious- huh? I was gonna say it definitely plays into her mindset.
0: Yeah, definitely. You know, some kind of metaphor for something down the road. Mm. And was that a metaphor too? When, uh, uh, Morgan lifted up the little red flag at, on the mailbox, and then at the end of the episode, he put it down. You know, I didn't really understand that,
1: but you saw him carving into the the mailbox post beforehand. Now we know back when he was tracking down Rick, he was carving into trees and stuff and leaving symbols. Now, uh, I believe I don't really know all that well, but I know like in uh, hobo culture, you 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 put markings on. Uh, post and uh, wood fences and stuff when you can find when you know this house is has a guy in it that doesn't like homeless people or this house you know leaves uh, good food in their dumpsters or some shit like that I don't know there's always like little symbols and stuff like that that is supposed to help people that are drifters uh, stay, either stay away from certain places or, or or keep an eye out for other things and I assume that's what he's huh. doing now what does it mean when a flag is up Flag. Uh, when the flag is up in our world, that means there's a letter here. You need to take, the postman needs to take it away. Uh, mm-hmm. I would assume that the flag meant in this there's that, a walker? That there's a walker inside the house, yeah. Uh, okay. But he puts it down when Carol goes to live in there, which I thought was weird. She just wants a house of her own that's outside of the kingdom, you know. What are you going to do with if Negan's people show up or any bad people show up, I know she can take care of herself, but one person against a group of people is not easy as we saw in her last attempt to go up against Negan's people at the end of last season.
0: Right. Um, fuck that. Maybe she's just sick and tired of having to rely on somebody or having to save somebody else's ass. Cause she's saved the group multiple fucking times. So <laughs> maybe she's just sick and tired of having to look out for somebody else.
1: Uh, you know, that maybe that's what it is. Uh, and she's getting just more cynical and closed off in her old age.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, do you think that Ezekiel is uh giving her the lovey-dovey eyes or is she he's just fascinated with her?
0: I think he's just fascinated, be like, "Come on, how how long can you know, you keep this up?"
1: But I mean, at the very end of the episode, he shows up at her place and is like, "Hey, wanna
0: have a ponogram with me?" <laughs> Wow, that's true too So yeah you could be right mate he's like hey how you doing How you doing <laughs> I
1: mean he didn't bring the tiger So <laughs>
0: That's true too Good point
1: We did not see any more of Rick's group In this episode uh, This is mainly Morgan and uh, Carol mm-hmm. So We only have to assume what's going on over there do you think this is happening at the exact same time as what is happening with Rick?
0: I, I want to say, yeah, it's probably right after actually, let me take that back. Cause I don't know if Negan used all of his men to go to the forest, you know, and surround all of them. So it'd be like a day or two after.
1: Yeah, it could be. It's, yeah. That's interesting. Uh, anything else you want to talk about this episode? no no okay uh there we go folks we have all of our comic book tv shows talked about now uh if you want to come and get a hold of us i'm on twitter as at agent underscore of the underscore bat uh, daniel's also on twitter as at daniel von helvett and if you want to get a hold of geek Elite radio it's geek at geek Elite radio on twitter uh, then come over to Facebook, facebook.com backslash Geek Elite Radio and be part of our conversation, and be part of our community, talk about what, you know all the things that you geek out about. Uh, then go to our website, com. check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geek Elite Radio Network. Uh, but until then, this has been Televised Heroics on the Geek Elite Radio Networks, saying always remember to geek out. Geek out.
0: We now return you to regularly scheduled program.